Hello again, family, and welcome back to another amazing edition of Kingdom Goals Season 1, Episode 6. Today's episode is entitled Deception. Now, family, I just wanted to give you a disclaimer here. If it wasn't clear to you before, and I know I haven't explicitly detailed this yet, however, I wanted to let you all know that if you pay close attention to each episode title for season one so far, you'll notice that they all rhyme and end with the suffix chun, T-I-O-N. Now, I want you to know that each episode in this season will all intentionally end with the same suffix and deal with some form or fashion of what this suffix actually means. Now, if we think back to our primary or elementary school days, we should remember that the suffix chan, T-I-O-N, literally means action. Um, It's a verb and it's interesting, right? Because that in essence means that there's something active that needs to be done or released. So in other words, this suffix is defined as a verb and is used in order to denote the action of something or the result of something. Now, why is this important to note here and why am I discussing it right now? Well, I was prompted to. I wanted you to know that nothing, and I literally mean nothing, said discussed, displayed, or depicted here on Kingdom Goals is random. The title for each episode has already been written down and set, well, at least in my mind, for the length of season one, because as you know, there's some rewrites sometimes that come up that even I'm not ready for, but I remain obedient. So this is done already back in April of 2020 when the first episode of Kingdom Goals was incepted with, again, each episode ending with the action verb suffix chun. I also want to be completely transparent in letting you know that I would have never and truly never imagined myself studying, reading, writing, and discussing so much of the Bible, news, literary pieces, or the state of world affairs as they now stand in my entire life. This was not something I saw for myself. As I believe that there are instances in all of our lives where we can and should be able to see the hand of God moving, leading, and prompting us in His will, if we are attuned to it, I know even more so that the creation, inception, and ultimate construction of kingdom goals is such an example for me. No fluff, no random, irrelevant stuff only obediently laying bare what is ever needed at such a time as this. So I ask you, my beautiful family, please know that this is the place and space where love lives, where love flows, and where love gives. All as a means of actively telling of God's greatest gift to the world. And his name is Jesus. Okay, so... What does today's episode look to dissect? Well, on today's episode, we're going to be looking to discuss the ways in which we can ourselves or can be deceived. So in other words, how do we sometimes 
deceive ourselves or kind of lie to ourselves? And in which ways have we found that we can be easily deceived? Um, so during this unprecedented time in our history, we know that misinformation, disinformation, and the blatant lean on controlling political and public health narratives have gone increasingly off their rails. So what does this mean for us? And how do we know what safety and security look like for our lives, for our families, and for our futures in this, what I'm coining as our new beginning? Let's get to it. But as always, before we do, let us take a look at this past week's news cycle. So for much of the past week, cities and states around the nation have been fraught with the obligation of coming up with rapid and for some disjointed plans and moving to reopen their independent economies. So reopening plans of many states, cities, and counties in our country have had people asking themselves, is it really safe to go back to normal? And is this the time to do it? During the past week, the CDC finally released official national guidelines on what reopening across the country should look like. But, and I say this ever so hesitantly, with so many states, cities, and counties around the country having already reopened for business as usual in some aspects, without these key guidance points, what does this all mean? <laughs> We've also officially learned that the Federal Drug Administration, or the FDA, has now called for the discontinuance of use of Abbott Labs' rapid test method for the novel coronavirus, or COVID-19. This test option initially touted a heavily drilled upon five-minute test result receipt and was increasingly touted by the president as being much more amicable <laughs> Um, not only in the quick test results, but also in the um, distribution and administration of the test itself. But it's now come under due scrutiny as the issues with false negative tests on what could potentially mean that up to 48% of all national infections have gone unreported has sounded several public health alarms and concerns, admittedly so. And yet in other news this week, we can begin asking ourselves who we should be listening to in order to make sense of all the rhetoric and talks of curves declining, infection rates spiking, and among other things, as is now taking place in my current home state of Georgia, daycares and summer camps opening up. And all amidst a new threat that has kids falling gravely ill from what doctors say resembles some form of an overactive immune response, similar to what's called Kawasaki disease, which causes severe inflammation in the blood vessels throughout the body and swelling of the appendages and lymph nodes in some. With the new race to reopen and restart economies, as well as rid the world of COVID-19, it is becoming clear that many national and world leaders are increasingly more adept to skew the numbers, facts, and framework, all in the name of commerce. Those who can adjust, great. If you can telecommute, telework, and just plain tell your boss you ain't coming back to work because your business hit 
right? You wrote a book and it's flaming right now, then you would be in the very low percentage of people whose livelihoods are completely unaffected right now by the coronavirus. But, however, if you're like the grand majority of folks who still have to go to work the old-fashioned way, then what do you do? Go out there and make a living, send your kids back to what will look more like prisons than schools, go back to the cubicle and bring all your house cleaning supplies, go get your swerve on at the soon-to-be-open nightclubs and live concert halls, or continue to shelter in place. Now, don't get me wrong, I am well aware of the ills plaguing so many right now amidst the pangs and effects of this virus. The toll on mental health, physical health, social health, and just overall health, right? Especially thinking of economic health, right? And the urges and longings to get back to some sense of normalcy to travel, eat out, party again, laugh, and spend time with people you're probably missing right now. I understand and I feel you. But when do we know and who do we trust to tell us when we can do these things? As has been made painfully clear in the whispers and blatant proof that many governing bodies in the U.S. and around the world have been fluffing flipping and flagrantly withholding accurate and truly up-to-date numbers, reports, and figures on their coronavirus infection and death rates, who are we to trust? The current presidential administration here in America is laser focused on reopening the nation and pragmatically winning another four years in office. But to whose detriment? It has now been implemented as White House policy that all pertinent staff, personnel, and the like be tested for COVID-19 daily as at least two such persons, both of whom had great proximity to the president himself as well as Vice President Pence, they both tested positive for the virus just this past week. And these two individuals have been put on quarantine and so they're relieved of their duties as of now. But as a result, President Trump has implemented that everybody coming into the White House be tested. And the people that are there on the daily, they have to be tested on the daily. But have you been able to get tested? <laughs> or here's the better question. Do you really want to get tested? The truth is that at this juncture, we should not be looking to our leads to lead us. I'm sorry, people. It's just that simple. It's a bit late for it. What we can and truly should be doing, though, as the Lord's word is clear on, is to be praying for them. And no, I'm not talking like praying for them to get out of the office, because I know for a fact many of y'all probably do that all day, every day. I understand. I understand your concerns. I understand your gripes. But I mean truly, truly pray for our leaders. Pray for God's sovereign guidance and protection over them. And pray above all that the Lord's will be done and not man's. You know, in the Old Testament times, when the people first asked for a king, 
they went to Samuel the prophet. And so in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapters 8 to 15, we see Samuel the prophet kind of grappling with ultimately what God labels as Israel, the Israelites' rejection of him as their one true king. And ultimately the ill fate that awaits them as a result of their dire choice. The king that was ultimately appointed, if you're familiar with the story, is Saul. He's actually the first king of all Israel in the Bible. Now, if you've never read one and second Sam, first and second Samuel, sorry, then you absolutely must. It is a page turner for sure. But specifically chapters 8 to 15 and even up to chapter 16 of 1 Samuel paint a picture of a man who is truly erected to glory, chosen by an ungrateful kingdom, and a man who ended up being more concerned with pleasing that kingdom and the people therein than the one true king himself, our heavenly father. And following his own orders while chopping and hunting down whoever would come to take his place. This man is who would ultimately be Israel's first king. It was this man that emphatically disobeyed the voice and direction of God and ultimately yoked up the Israelites for far too long. But it was just as God had warned them that he would. You see, here is where we painfully learn that fear, especially fear of man, and in following man's lead and not God, it is here that we see the truly dire consequences of our erroneous choices. What the Israelites thought would be true freedom became the ultimate form of enslavement. You see, as I said earlier, God had warned them in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 13 to 15 in the NIV. God tells the Israelites, now here's the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you as it was against your ancestor. Now, simple, right? Not only was our Heavenly Father merciful and faithful in not just raising up a completely new group of a firstborn nation, though this was only because of his covenant promise with Abraham back in Genesis. You can read about it, please. I encourage you to do so. Which in his sovereign truth and faithfulness, our God does not rescind or just completely vanquish the petty complainers and murmurers. No because our God is just and so gracious. So much so that he gives the people what they think they want and who they've asked for to rule over them. And on top of that, he even gives them a truly detailed and direct warning. And what do we do? I mean, what did they do, <laughs> the Israelites? 
I mean, King Saul and Israel truly, truly fluffed this one. And you guessed right if you guessed that they totally bombed it. Not only does King Saul utterly lead the people into all types of disobedience and outright sin against God, but when David shows up on the scene, King Saul literally loses it. His incessant jealousy and need to be the most revered and respected leads him all the way over the deep end, literally. But don't take my word for it again. Look up God's word for the rest of this be true god written story <laughs> it gets real <laughs> so what are we to make of all of this jokes aside i mean why would it seem as though i just went all the way off tangent to talk about the first old testament king saul well Today's episode is entitled Deception, right? So I kind of wanted to take an unorthodox look at the ways, like Saul and Israel did at the time, that we can also sometimes deceive or be deceived ourselves. I mean, how we can truly be led all the way astray by false information, ideology, idioms, and the idiotic all in our most basic attempts at doing what feels right and maybe even what looks right but is actually the furthest thing from what is truly righteous you see i learned and not too long ago may i add that there is an unequivocally vast difference between what is good and what is god let me tell you the enemy you know satan Oh yeah, he is the master at making things look good. I mean, even things that truly are good, he simply defiles and corrupts. So before we look to go back to old ways, why not take a minute to stop? To just take one minute and ask ourselves before we make a choice, is this good or is this good? God. And how would you know which is which? Well, good will always seem like the best thing in the moment. At that precise moment, that's the next best choice. But you see, God, his best always looks into eternity. It sees and foresees past the present. It has contingency plans on deck for when we mess it up. It accounts for our detours. It incorporates unmerited favor and blessings, overflowingly and overwhelming abundance and grace, mercy, and a guide to see us through it all, the Holy Spirit. And God's plans will and way never ever fail and so again I challenge you to consider as man looks to react and make choices based on fear whether it be out of fear of not being reelected 
fear of constituent or official retribution, fear of further economic and monetary losses, fear of not having a job or even going back to work at all, and the myriad amount of reasons and rationales surrounding people's choices to act or move to move. Let us instead look to faith and the undying eternal word of God and the savior of the entire world, Jesus. Let us look to and hold fast to Christ, especially in this time and beyond, to connect and consult with him, to see what our next move or moves ought to be, and as to not deceive ourselves into believing that man has it all figured out, or is in any way fully equipped to tell us to follow their ineffectual and self-centered timelines of who's to go, when to go, and where to go. Let us be moved only by the will of God and look to wholly seek his face and desire for our lives, our families, and the world. Once again, thank you for joining me for today's episode of Kingdom Goals. I truly love rocking with y'all, especially during these most uncertain times. Because even if we're not known or not sure of what the future holds, we should find the utmost comfort in knowing the only one who holds the future in his hands. Our Heavenly Father loves you and wants to only be good to you. So take up his gracious offer, break bread with him on the daily, and get to know his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I guarantee that they hit different from any one thing or anything you could ever experience. Their love is real. It's unfailing and it's relentless. It will never ever leave you or forsake you. And it's available to anyone, anywhere, at any time. So until next time, family, this is your girl, Jessica Zarita Wilson, saying I love you and I mean it. Join me again next week, same time, same place, and by God's grace. Blessings to you all. Peace.